Thank you for watching today. I pray that the message you're about to hear will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, you can find them on the on-demand page of walkingbyfaith.tv or on our app. Have you ever felt like you hit rock bottom? There's nowhere to go, nothing else can go wrong in your life? You are at the end of your rope and it's hopeless. I'm here to tell you that there are so many stories of people just like you in the Bible. But God, He can pull you out of the darkness. He has a plan and a purpose for your life and He will use your story. He will use your darkness to bring light to others. Let's see how in today's message, Light Out of Darkness. I wanna bring a message today. Um, I've just simply called it Light Out of Darkness. And I wanna take for a text Genesis chapter one in verse five, which simply says, there was evening and there was morning on the first day. There was evening and there was morning on the first day. Typically, we figure a day starts when we get up, right? That's how we look at it. You know, things start, it's, it's the morning, right? We get up. Uh, this morning, I got up at, at 3.58, and that's pretty, that's pretty much my norm. But, but I go to bed early, right? Early to bed, early to rise, you know. But most of us, we think about day, you know, we pretty much get up when the sun gets up. And then we go out our day, and then there's the evening. But notice that God said, there's evening, and there was morning on the first day. So God's days begin in the evening. In fact, I would go so far as to say it this way. God day, God's days begin in the dark. Well, we, we tend to want to stay away from the dark from the dark times of our life. But the Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Many of you know the story in, in your Bible about a man by the name of Job, J-O-B. Most people have never read that part of the Bible. They think it's the book of Job. And so they just kind of stay away from it, but it's the book of Job. And it's about this guy who is a rich guy, and he loses all of his wealth. His kids are killed in a, basically in a tornado. Then he gets sick, and his wife just says, hey, curse God and die. And he's sitting there, he's got like boils all over his body. He's got a broken piece of pottery, and he's scratching and taking the, the, the pus off. And this is what he said. He says, I will never again experience pleasure. I've been assigned to long, weary nights of misery. I will never again experience pleasure. And I've been assigned to long, weary nights of misery. Uh, if you're here today and you feel like that's you, like kind of like your life's over, like the best is already passed, I've got good news for you. That's what Job thought. But do you know what happened? God turned his situation around and God gave him double what he had before. The truth is, although Job did not see it, Job's best days were still in front of him. 
He was looking at the dark time and thinking that that was the end. But God begins with the dark times and turns them into the noonday sun. God takes your darkest hour and turns it around. Think about Moses, for example. Moses is a Israelite who's brought up in the king's household. And when he's 40 years old, his heart turns towards his people. And he goes and, and he thinks he's helping somebody who's being oppressed by an Egyptian. He kills the Egyptian. He becomes a murderer. It becomes known. He's on the run. He leaves the country. He, he literally, he leaves Egypt, goes out into the desert where he is on the backside of a lonely desert for 40 years. It was dark. But during that time, God prepared him, developed him, put patience, humility, and trust in him, and he became the deliverer. He's the one who was over the people of Israel during the Passover, in the Exodus, in the Red Sea, in the manna. God used him. He thought that his great days, his good days, his best days were over, but they were still coming. I think about Esther. This is, uh, she did an entire book in the Bible, right? And I want to say something about this. Esther is the only book in the Bible where God's name, God is not mentioned one time. But do you know what? God was working like crazy. Nobody saw what God was doing, but God was working behind the scenes. So literally, uh, both her parents are killed when the enemy comes into the city of Jerusalem, takes her and a number of people captive, but many die. So now she's lost both parents. She's an orphan. She's taken to a foreign country. She's an oppressed minority. And she's taken to the king's palace by no choice of her own to become a sex slave. But God, but God, I want to say that again, but God looked down and God lifted her up gave her favor, she became the queen, and God used her to deliver her people. I think if you had taken and talked to her the day she was taken from the home she was living in with her relatives to go to the kings, to, to the palace, to become a sex slave, she would have said, my life is over. But God. And from that darkness came light. And we tend to think that when it's dark, it's just going to stay dark. Joseph is 17 years old. His brothers hate him, can't even speak to him. They end up, they beat him up, they mock him, they throw him in a pit, they betray him, and they sell him as a slave. He's taken to Egypt. He's purchased by a man named Potiphar, whose wife tries to seduce him. When he refuses, he's falsely accused and thrown into a dungeon. Now, how would you like, if for 13 years of your life, you've been a slave and end up in a dungeon, how many of you know, those are dark days. But the bright days are still coming because God lifted him up. God gave him favor. And he, in, look, listen, he wakes up in the dungeon. That night, he went to bed, prime minister of Egypt. And I've said this before, but I believe this. I believe God can get you anywhere in 24 hours. 
I believe your life can be totally, radically different than it is right now in 24 hours. He ends up ruling a nation and saving his entire people. David had an affair with a married woman. He killed her husband to hide it. That's dark. But he turns back to God. And this is what the Bible says about God, about David. It says that he was a man after God's own heart. Now, I want to read something that Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount as he ends in Matthew chapter 7. He says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains descend, the floods came, the wind blew and beat on that house, and it didn't fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them will be likened to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. You see, sometimes Christians think, well, I love God, and I, I, I pray, and I read the Bible, and I'm a good person, and I go to church, and I shouldn't have any trouble. But I want you to notice that Jesus said, whether you're a doer of the word or not, there's going to be rains, there's going to be floods, there's going to be wind that's going to come against the house of your life. Because you're a Christian does not mean that you will not have any trouble. But what it does mean is that if your life is founded on the rock Christ Jesus, if you're a doer of the word, Jesus said, you will come through and your house will be standing after the winds and the floods and the waves or whatever comes against it are there. Elijah descends from Mount Carmel. God has just sent down fire from heaven. He kills the false prophets. But the queen, that wicked queen Jezebel, sends word and says, tomorrow at this time, you're going to be dead. And darkness, fear, unbelief, and depression overtake him. He becomes suicidal. He's running away. And he says, God, just kill me. Just kill me. How many know that's pretty dark? That's a bad time. He is so depressed. He's suicidal and just says, God, please just kill me. But he becomes a hero of faith. God lifted him up. He raised up a prophet to take his place who ended up with twice the anointing and doing twice the miracles. When I was thinking about this, one of the, the things, the, 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 the Bible stories, examples that came to my mind was Hezekiah. I want, you to, I want you to listen to this. This is 2 Kings chapter 20. It says, in those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah the prophet, the summon of Amos, went into him and said, thus said the Lord, set your house in order, for you will die and not live. Now, just so some of you who may not know this, Isaiah, he wrote part of the Bible. All right. So when the guy that writes the Bible says, set your house in order, you're going to die. Bad day. Just a bad, bad day. Set your house in order. This just wasn't anybody. He knew this, this guy was the real deal. It says he turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord saying, 
Remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I've walked before you in truth with a loyal heart and have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And it happened before Isaiah had gone into the middle court that the word of the Lord came unto him saying, return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Thus says the Lord God of David, your father. I've heard your prayers. I've seen your tears. Surely I'll heal you. And on the third day, you'll go up to the house of the Lord and I'll add 15 years to your days. Now, it was dark when Isaiah said, you're going to die. Set your house in order. But you know what? When he turned to God, God turned the situation around. And his best days were not behind him. His best days were still ahead of him. Psalms 23 says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Notice, he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. But look at verse four. Yo, though I walk through the valley, of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The same God who leads us besides the still waters, who restores our soul, who leads us in paths of righteousness, he's with us when we're in the valley of the shadow of death. I want you to notice it didn't say that God puts you there, but if you're there, he has not forsaken you. And what we so often do, we look around and it's dark and we think God's not there. But I want you to remember that when it's dark, God's about to make it light. He's, his days start with a night. And then it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. See, when you come through that valley, he's going to prepare a table. He's going to anoint your head with oil. And then this is my father-in-law's verse. Verse six, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jeannie's dad, uh, he married Shirley. And then he wanted to name his first two daughters goodness and mercy. So he could say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalms 4 and verse 1 says, enlarged me when I was in distress. Enlarged me when I was in distress. Very often, when we grow the most, is when we come through trouble. We grow the most when we come through the trouble. God enlarges us while we come through the trouble. In Romans, Paul wrote it like this. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. Now, tribulation means the problems of this life, all the stuff that comes. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope. We tend to want to stay out of trouble, right? Now, I'm not saying God's the author of your trouble, 
Because the devil designs problems to take you out, right? But when we rely on God and we go to God and there is a but God, God comes in and turns that situation around, we come out stronger and we come out better than when we ever went in. We tend to think, oh, here's problems, oh no, oh no. But realize when the trouble comes, when that demonic attack comes and you stand, you're gonna end up stronger. You are gonna be enlarged in your distress. As God brings you through to victory, you become stronger in your faith and it produces character and perseverance and character and hope as we come through. It's kind of like the weightlifter. They're laying on their bench. They got that weight, bring it down. Now, if all it does is crush them, no benefit. But when they become stronger is when they push it away, right? See, when you rely on God and you push it away, what the devil meant for destruction, actually the exact opposite happens. You become stronger. You become enlarged in your distress. Your faith grows, your character grows, your hope grows. I was thinking about Daniel as I was putting this, this message together. Now, Daniel is serving in the Babylonian empire. He's actually a foreigner, but he's risen very, very high in the government. And his enemies initiate a new law that you can only pray to the king for 30 days. Well, they did it because they knew Daniel prayed three times every day. He opened his window every day and prayed. So Daniel went home once he knew about the law. I think it's interesting. He could have just closed the window in the shades, but he didn't. Just like always, prays towards Jerusalem. His enemies see it. He's thrown in a den of lions and he's there all night. How many know that's dark? That's dark. But the Bible says the king came in the morning to the den and he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke saying, Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? And Daniel said to the king, king, live forever. He said, my God sent his angel and he shut the lion's mouth. And the king wrote this. He said about God, he said, he delivers, he rescues, he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. And he has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. He's delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Not only did Daniel get liberated and get promoted, but God received glory when he delivered Daniel from the lion's den. Now, Daniel's three friends also go through quite a trial. Now, I wanna say something about this. The king builds an image. It's 90 feet tall. It's, uh, I believe it's nine feet wide. And he tells everybody, you've got to bow down to this image. And it says, all the leaders are there. But it's interesting that Daniel's not there. Sometimes you can be delivered from trouble by wisdom. He wasn't there, although he was a leader. And the Bible doesn't tell us exactly how or why Daniel wasn't there. 
But somehow Daniel used wisdom to not be there, but his three friends were there. They were supposed to bow down and worship this image. And when they refused, the king said, we're going to throw you into a fiery furnace. And he said, who is the God who can deliver from my hands? Well, they said, hey, we are not going to worship your image. And he said, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. And they're thrown in. And many of you know the story. The king called his advisors. He's looking at them in the furnace. And he said, didn't we throw three in there? And they said, yes, king. And he said, but I see four men loosed, walking in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. He calls them out, and he checks them out. And by the way, the fourth man in the fire, you know who that is, right? The fourth man in the fire is Jesus. You know when God shows up? He shows up when you're in the furnace. God shows up when you are in the furnace. And of course, they're brought out. They've suffered no damage. Their hair is not singed. Their garments don't even smell like smoke. Now, when God, God can bring you through trouble so that you are not singed and you don't even stink. You don't even smell like you've been through trouble. Right? And that king wrote again, and I love what he said. He says, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. I don't know what you're facing, but this is what I know, that our God is a delivering God. And there is no other God that can deliver like he can deliver. Psalm 68, 20. This is what the psalmist wrote. He said, and to, uh, to, the, to God, the Lord, Belong escapes from death. To God the Lord, belong escapes from death. Uh, I'm not going to have Jeannie come up here, but she could tell you a story. Uh, we were in the mountains of Mexico, going around these, these turns, blind turns, and we come around one of those turns. There's a bus in one lane and a woman driving the Volkswagen in our lane. There, we're, we're like, I don't know, 70, 80 feet away from her. She knew it was over. And out of nowhere, an opening came in the wall. We slipped over. They went by. And uh, Janie reminds me of that one continually. To the Lord our God, belong escapes from death. Right? People don't determine your destiny. And bad breaks can't stop you. Circumstances, giants, injustice. You keep believing God. You keep pressing in. Jesus said from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You've got to get a little bit violent. Remember that old song, Onward Christian Soldiers, Marching as to War? Most Christians today think that Christianity is sucking your thumb. But it's not. Right? The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 26, it says that they may escape, they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. 
having been taken captive by him to do his will. You know, you need to activate your will. You need to stand up and you need to claim the promises of God. You need to resist the enemy. When he comes against you, don't just sit there. Stand up, stand up, use your faith, resist the enemy. Isaiah 61, verse seven. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. And everlasting joy shall be their reward. Again, Isaiah 61 says he'll give you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. You may think the best days are gone, but the best days are not gone. The best days are still ahead. And notice, the greater the pain, the greater the reward. It's for your shame, you get double. Whatever you went through, you get double. The Bible says that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And listen, there is no such thing as untested faith. I'll say that again. There's no such thing as untested faith. The devil will try. He will try. But when you stand, you will overcome. Jesus said, be of good cheer. In the world, you will have tribulation, but I have overcome the world. He's telling you, you and I, we are in him. And you again, you might feel like Job who said, I'll never again experience pleasure. I've been assigned to long, weary nights of misery. But I want you to read the whole book. And in the end of the book, Job gets double. He gets double. And I believe that's God's will for every one of us. When that trouble comes, when it's that dark time, we believe God. We stand with God. And Jesus said, when the floods and the wind and the waves and the water have passed, we'll still be standing. One last example. First Samuel 30, David and his men come back to their city, the city of Ziglag. And the Bible says when they get there, they find that the Amalekites have attacked the city and they burned it with fire. And they've taken captive the women, those who were there small and great, they didn't kill anybody, but they carried them away captive and they went their way. So David and his men came to the city. It was burned with fire. Their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until there was no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken. You know, it's a bad day when you lose two wives. Now, David was greatly distressed and the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved, everyone for his son and for his daughter. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. I want you to remember this. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. This literally is the worst day of David's life. It's the worst day. He not only is a renegade, but he's lost his family. He's lost his children. He's lost all of his possessions. And the people are so upset, they're talking about stoning him. It's the worst day of his life. He inquires of the Lord. And the God says to him, pursue, and you'll overtake them. And without fail, you recover all. 
So he begins to pursue them. He has 600 men with him. And the Bible says that at one point, 200 of them are so tired, they just say, we cannot go on. And the 400 pursue. They attack the enemy. And they get back everything. It says there was nothing of theirs that was lacking. Small or great, son or daughter. The spoil and everything that they had taken, David recovered all. And then he took all the flocks and the herds. That's what the stuff that other people already had. And they were driven before those other livestock and said, this is David's spoil. Now, here's what literally happened. In a matter of three days, it went from being the worst day of David's life to the best day of David's life. He got everything back. Not only did he get everything back, he acquires a mountain of wealth as well. And in a matter of a few days, he's crowned the king of Judah. It was the worst day, but it becomes the best day. When God's involved, it starts dark, but it becomes light, right? Jesus again said from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. What that says is just don't sit back and see what's going to happen. Now, you'd like David, you get a word from God and you go after the enemy and you resist the enemy and then the worst becomes the best. The dark becomes noonday light. Say, would you please just bow your heads for just a moment? Father, I pray that the word of God that has been sown into these good hearts today, that it'll produce fruit in the life of each and every person. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Say, I just want to read a scripture as we close out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. In verse 10, it says, it is God who gives seed to the man to plant and also bread to eat. Then we know he will give you more and more seed to plant and make it grow so you can have more to give away. Now, it says God gives seed to plant and to eat. So whenever something comes into your hand or my hand, part of it is for us. When it's talking about eating, it's talking about driving. It's talking about eating. It's talking about where you live. It's talking about the clothes that you wear. Right? That's what you and I use for ourselves. But notice it says he gives seed to the man to plant and also gives bread to eat. So what this is saying is this, that whenever something comes into our hand, the first portion of it is to plant. We plant first and then we eat. How many of you know the farmer, the wise farmer? That's what he does. He keeps part of that seed to plant. Takes the best, in fact, to keep to plant. And then the rest he uses to eat and to meet all of his needs. We know that he will give you more and more seed to plant and make it grow so you can give more away. You have more to give away. But some, we think if God blesses me, all he's doing is wanting to put more in my hand. But the truth is, he's wanting you to be blessed, but he's wanting you to sow more. And the next verse, and you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. 
When God blesses us, so often we think, I'm the reason for the blessing. Well, God does want you to be blessed. He wants me to be blessed. But notice, he will enrich you in every way so you can be generous. So you can sow on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. When you sow into the kingdom of God and lives are changed and touched, it produces thanksgiving to God. And that's what we're looking for. We're not looking for somebody to pat us on the back and say, oh, good job. We're looking for somebody to see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. That's what Jesus taught us. Say, I want to thank you for being on the program with me. Do you know the Bible says that we should know that we have everlasting life? Many people simply assume, well, I know about God and I'm right with God. And I hope when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. But the Bible says, know that you have. You need to know you're forgiven. Know you're right with God. You say, how can I do that? Because God can't lie. He said, whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you're away from God today or you don't know where you stand with God, and you say, I want to be right with God today. I want to pray this prayer with you. I want to call on the name of the Lord the way the Bible tells us to. And the Bible says, we'll be saved. So I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer from your heart out loud. Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe he rose again, and I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back. I'm going to live for Jesus every day. He is my king. Jesus is my Lord. I thank you. You've heard my prayer. I'm forgiven. I'm right with God. I'm on my way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, God heard that prayer if you prayed that prayer from your heart, and you are right with God. Now, I wrote a book to help you keep on growing spiritually. I want to send it to you free of charge. Now, there's information on your screen. You can download that book free of charge, or you contact us, and we will give it to you free of charge. We want to be a blessing to you. Thank you for being with us. God bless you. We love you. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you. Download it right there instantly, or you can find it on our app. It's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. Walking by Faith is used on and off the air to change lives all around the world. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, please consider becoming a partner with us. You can either visit walkingbyfaith.tv give, text RESGIVE to 94000 and select Walking by Faith in the menu, or select the giving icon in our app. Find us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV and on your favorite social platform by searching for WBF TV. Also, check out our app in your favorite app store. You can download past sermons, follow along with notes, speak confessions over your life, and so much more. I pray God uses your darkness for good. If you know someone who is struggling, please share today's message with them. God bless.